and welcome to a special edition of Gwinnett Business Radio. We are broadcasting live from the Gwinnett Stripers game at Cool Ray Field in Lawrenceville. The Stripers taking on, who are they taking on? The, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. And we've got the whole crew here, Harper LaBelle, Stephen Julian, Dan Braverman, Braver, Braverman. Here producing. You we'll, know you're the intern when he has to pause on your last name, Dan. We'll we'll get Dan on soon. Amanda is a little under the weather, yes. so she could not make it. Shout out to Amanda. But we had Aaron McCormick, the general manager of the Stripers, on a few weeks ago, and we thought it'd be really really cool to record one of our shows at the Stripers game. So here we are. Here we are. Harper, here we are. Great idea, and the atmosphere couldn't be any better. It's just humid enough, Stephen, where you're going to be sweating like a uh, swine in, in no time at all. Absolutely. That. That's going to be really cool. That is why the guests will be on the other side of the table. The pool and not looks like to it's touch. almost full out there in right center. But if you walked out there, I'm sure it would empty and you'd be able to jump into the, into the pool and cool yourself down. Absolutely. Why would it empty? Because of you, the royalty that you are. Ah. Now, now, to set the stage, we're going to have a bunch of guests joining us tonight. Aaron McCormick, who's the general manager of the Stripers, will be joining us in the third inning. Mac Murphy is the groundskeeper here, but he's going to join us in the second. So we're going to talk about the field and everything. Dave Lazat is the broadcaster for the Stripers. He'll be joining us in the fifth. Uh, we have a social media person for the team joining us in the fourth inning. We're hoping Chopper, the mascot, will be joining us in the eighth inning. Which, which we should say, Chopper will not be able to speak. His handler will be interpreting for us. Okay. And uh, gentlemen in operations will be joining us in the sixth inning. So that's kind of the plan. So it sounds like it's going to be a, a lot of fun. There might even be some special guests. We might have some family come on. Ah, absolutely. We, we family and friends at the ballpark. Sounds good. Harper, you do, uh, you do, you, you, you're kind of used to this broadcasting during a game. You do the Georgia State football analyst work for their games. You do uh, Falcons pregame and postgame for the Atlanta Falcons. So, I mean, you're kind of used to this. Have you ever done baseball before? No. And one of my uh, reasons for enjoying this field is several years ago, the Corky Kell Classic, they were playing here. Archer was one of the team. Archer and Mill Creek were going to play here right on this field. So uh, in the press box, about five booths over is uh, familiarity for me. So nice. I, I really like the fact that this – we'll talk to the groundskeeper and uh, get – boy, that's Mac. It's, that's a great groundskeeper that's name, That's a too. great name, Mac Murphy. Yeah. What a Mac. great groundskeeper. Yeah, you only got to say one word, and you can get so much accomplished <laughs> with just getting a hold of him. So we'll talk about his nickname and then – how uh, difficult it is to have a wet field with kids in high school cleats and then get it ready uh, within a couple of weeks for a baseball game. By the way, currently we are in the top of the second. It is still nothing-nothing, and Sheffield is doing very well. The Jumbo Shrimp, no hits so far, two outs, and uh, Paul McIntosh is at the plate. Okay, well, we'll keep an eye out for Mac then. We should be expecting him any minute, but of, of the three of us, the biggest baseball fan may be Steven, because you and your wife, Stacy, you guys you guys tour the country going to Major League games, don't you? Correct. We started that uh, about uh, 12 years ago, 11, 12 years ago. We started in Chicago with the Cubs and White Sox. It was something we did. We kind of didn't know what to do. We weren't going to go to the beach that year. At the end of that trip, our three boys all said, where are we going next year? So it became a thing. And uh, we have toured, we've gone to 21, 22 major league parks. 22. 22 major yep. league parks. And how many minor league parks did we go? Uh, at least at least four. Yeah, three or four. So Stephen doesn't know. He has to rely we've on Stacy for been the to, accuracy. I've been to more, so I always lose count. Indianapolis, Charlotte, Lehigh Valley. Greenville Drive. Greenville Drive, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are you putting your book together to see which ones were... 
the highest rated and who in the middle. We, and, we uh, all have our opinions. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we definitely I'm, have our opinions. And what's cool this season is three of our three of our family members, Stacy, who you heard. Stacy, tell everybody where you work. I work in the team store. And one of and who else works with you? I work with our wonderful manager Malik, and my colleagues are Julie, Ryan, Elijah, Zell. And Elijah's our youngest son. And then our oldest son, Joshua, is currently the one of the Bat Boys in the visitors' dugout. Tonight? Yeah, yes. Well, I don't know if he's in the dugout tonight. He might be in the clubhouse. So, Your family is intertwined with the Stripers. It has been, yes. And it is your dream to call a Stripers game forever and ever and ever. So tonight, we're going to have you call some play-by-play. Uh, just as long as it's a little, because I don't think I could do it very long. I, I feel like it's a Make-A-Wish Foundation thing going on tonight. <laughs> What do you think, Harper? I'm excited for him, and he's, I know he's I do lowering have, the expectations, but deep down he's probably going, I'm, I'm going to bring out my Joe Buck, Vin Scully, what? and uh, Joe Garagiola all and, in one. Oh, Joe Garagiola. Now, Harper was talking about his memory on this field, and, and as you were talking about that, so getting to do a play-by-play you, play as, you were, cool. as I was talking, you weren't listening as usual, right? Uh, absolutely. You were in your own just world. Like, I love just it. like you, absolutely. not listening to me. No idea what you're saying I've right been now. able to. I was able to coach on this field. My oldest son, Joshua, his 14U team, made it to the finals, and I got to coach on on this field. So now I get to call part of an action. How'd you do? The strike win? I, I did well. One of the funny things is we came back to tie the game in the bottom of the last inning and had to go extra innings. The guy who scored the tying run... I didn't send him. I was I was hesitant and so like you and I like asked me, him, he didn't listen to you either. I, I asked him, I said, Eric, I said, did you I said I, I didn't wave you until after you were right even with me. There's a double down the right field by Braden Shoemake. So nice leadoff double in the bottom of the second for the stripers. And I asked him, did you did, were you looking at my sign? He goes, Coach, I had my head down. I knew I was running. <laughs> it was two outs. He was like, I know I had to make it. So, uh, Dan, if anybody who looks like a groundskeeper comes up here soon, grab him. Yeah, grab him. Yeah, yeah I'll find and his him. His name is Mac, and he and he wears his name well. He just uh, he's probably got dirt on his fingernails, and he's, he's the man. Mac's the man. I'll be able to tell it's Mac just by, like you said, just by the look. There's going to be a yeah. When your name is Mac, yeah, you're the ground. And when you're the head groundskeeper, he's probably going to give us orders. You know, he's going to be like, hey, scoot over. Let me get in there. Okay. Well, I think we set the stage. Let everyone know what's going on. Let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, hopefully we'll have the groundskeeper. If not, we're going to have some folks here from the Stripers one way or another. All right, we're back at Cool Ray Field now for the Stripers game. And uh, what, what's the score, Steve? 2 nothing. Stripers up 2 nothing, heading to the top of the third. So far, so good. Mac Murphy has joined us. He's the grounds creeper. Uh, grounds creeper. Grounds creeper? <laughs> You're not a grounds creeper, are you, Mac? No, that'd be weird. Yeah. <laughs> As grounds keeper, I mean, what is your job? I mean, is a lot of work before the game and after the game, I'm assuming? Yeah, so we're essentially responsible for everything inside the wall pads. Dirt, grass, warning track, weather, uh, all that kind of encompasses what we do. How big is your crew on a typical home game? Uh, employ one full-time member and uh, five part-time guys daily, and then we run up to 22 people total. Okay. One of the more unique things I know in minor league baseball when there's a rain delay or when the tarp has to be put out, all the office staff, everybody comes out and works on the tarp, correct? Oh, yeah. We're one, one big happy family. I don't know how happy they are when they have to do that with you, but I know you're happy to have their help. How much goes into keeping a field like this in the in the 
quality that it is. I mean, how much work do people just not pay attention to or not realize? Give us give us an example of something. Everybody goes, ah, it's just dragging the infield. It's just mowing the grass. They're, talk a little bit about something that you, if I may use the term, help us get lost in the weeds and be impressed with what you do. Gotcha. My favorite comment is, what do you do in the offseason? Well, there is no offseason anymore. Minor league baseball's changed a lot. Uh, this is my almost, this will be my 14th season. We're event facilities. Uh, we don't make money unless people are in the stands, and that's not always for a baseball game. Uh, we manage, you know, multi-million dollar concert load-ins, anything from low-level concerts all the way up to Chris Young, Willie Nelson, you name it, we do it. And as a groundskeeper, Mac, I'm thinking you probably hate concerts. They've gotten remarkably easier over the years, but the early ones were, hey, man, can we drive this truck across the grass? Uh, not a good idea, but uh, all the flooring and stuff like that now it makes it a lot easier. Thank God for plywood, right? <laughs> it's actually called uh, Terraplast. It's, uh, it's like a, basically it's like a Yeti cooler almost. It's made out of the same rigidity or rigidity uh, plastic. Ooh. Nice play at first base on a line drive. Very nice. Two outs in the top of the third. Sorry, Nick. Yeah, so that it allows the grass to actually keep doing its natural function. Uh, it gets light through that terraplast, and then it also continues to grow up to three days. So when you talked about concerts, another thing Cool Ray does a lot of is they do a lot of stuff both in the parking lot and then also as part in the in the stadium, some of the barbecue fests. Talk about some of the festivals that, that Cool Ray's been able to host and, and what goes on on the field in those things. So by far our most popular one and most successful one is definitely the Barbecue Fest. That's kind of their introductory kickoff party, if you will, to the competition barbecue scene. It's always in March. Uh, we also host Big Green Egg Fest, which is actually on the field. We, uh, we have 225 eggs that are encompassed the whole warning track, the infield, and then all the way around the concourse. That was a really cool event. I think the uh, fire department thought the whole place was on fire when they started lighting up 225 eggs. Does Mac Murphy, head groundskeeper, have a have a little bit of a barbecue? We own we own three eggs. Nice, <laughs> nice. Every size. Six o'clock game tonight, or 6:05 first pitch. What time do you have to start working on the field? Uh, we reported this morning at 8:05. 8:05 in the morning for a six o'clock in the evening game. Yep, we say 8:05 because if you're here at eight. You're, you're pretty much Are you time. really working on the field that whole time, though? Absolutely. So uh, the players are real regimented, uh, and so are we. They stick to the same timeline pretty much every day. So if we're not done by a certain time, they're they're ready to go. I mean, they're not going to wait on us. And is the 805, is that just you and the other employee, or is the whole team here? Like, no. when the uh, whole team's here. Myself and my assistant, and then my five uh, part-time workers are always here. Wow. So now the game's going on. What do you do during the game? talk to you guys <laughs> so basically unless unless the, the, the rain comes yep. you pretty much get to relax during the game yeah so we our game day staff uh the members that only work on game days you can see them down on the third or the first base dugout uh they drag uh into third into six and then anything that may pop up you know you just never know Pitcher, pitcher may have a hole in the mound. Yeah. He wants filled with some dirt or something. A guy might make a you know make a awkward slide in the outfield and tear up some grass or something. They go out, put some green sand in it. All right, here's my most obscure question I can ask. I'm, I'm I love the game of baseball, even though I sucked at playing it. But one of the things I love about the history of it, when it comes to fields, baseball fields are all different. You read stories of stuff in the old days of, of and it's still true to a point. Some, some stadiums want to have their grass a little higher to slow the ball down, all that kind of stuff. Is that, 
is is that go on in the minor league level as well? And if so, is there any? And I don't want to say secrets, but is there anything unique about the way you guys keep the field here at Coolray? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you look at our players up the middle. Uh, you got Ozzy out there. You know, you know when we had Swanson, they were both really fast, stuff like that. So RC is quick. They do like the ball to play fast. It's kind of a home field advantage. When our infielders were a little slower, back before what I call the new age Braves, uh, they were actually mowing a little higher, trying to slow the ball down, so they didn't get the doubles over the, you know, in the gaps on the infield. Something unique outside of the walls here, you know, we do have the magnolia tree to represent the old, Ponce the old part, yeah, the yeah, old part for where the Atlanta Crackers play, yep. the Atlanta Black Crackers. So nice. ima- imagine that being in play in a new age, it mm-hmm. would be kind of odd, wouldn't it? Yep. <laughs> what kind of what kind of grass is it? So we are, our base grass is 419 Bermuda, uh, and then we overseed annually with uh, perennial ryegrass. Is it the same for all professional parks and major leagues? So every stadium could be different. Yep, most of them are Bermuda. Uh, There's a couple, uh, Seashore Pass Palm is another uh, turf grass type. Zoysia is actually making a push uh, here in recent years to try to get into the sports turf market. And is any red Georgia clay involved in the dirt at all? No, uh, unfortunately, my Georgia people are going to hate me. This is trucked all the way out of uh, northwest or northeast uh, Pennsylvania. Okay. Final question for me, at least, Mac, is if, if I want to be a groundskeeper one day, I'm a young and want to come up and, you know, it's my thing. Is there a certain degree you need to have or how do you prepare for something like this? So now uh, Major Certifications? League Certifications? Yep. So Major League Baseball has, uh, has really gotten hot and heavy on education. So when they started taking over the uh, – basically the ownership of minor league baseball the operating side we have pdl guidelines you have to be either two-year four-year or a certificate to get a head groundskeeper position so and we're struggling in our industry to get younger folks to take interest in it and all that i mean it's long hours it's hard work but it's really rewarding i was going to say long hours hard work what's the benefits what's the best part i have a world series ring there you go. That's a that's a great answer. So, I mean, that. it's not always the case, but you know that. I mean, you you make your own hours in the off season. You know, you pay your dues. You do what you're supposed to do. If you work for a general manager that's got your back, they're going to let you come and go. You're going to make it up. You know, after the season. Base hit by Vaughn Grissom to left field. Gets by the left fielder. Looks like he's going to coast into second. Oh, now he's going to go for third. Get down, Vaughn. Safe. Oh, he's well, third with one out. That's a smart play. Sorry. Way to take a base there. Mac, when I was just a, a little guy, we had green shag carpet in our home, and I would rake it with this thing, and I wanted to be the groundskeeper for the Dodgers for so many years, and I take more pride with... Harper, is that true? Are you you being serious? Absolutely. I wanted to do that. So I have a certain value of what you're doing. When did you find out in your life that, you know what, I really like what I'm doing, or at least I like the idea behind this, and and, and, and what did you do to keep pushing you through? It's actually, it was kind of by chance. I had thought that I was going to go play collegiate baseball at some point. I started kind of looking around couple different schools. Where'd you play? Uh, I did not. I did not end up playing. I kind of got involved in... Please warn me if any baseballs come this way. <laughs> I'm not looking. Like, you have time to react. Sorry, man. No, you're fine. Um, I got into a dirt bike accident my senior year of high school, and it kind of set me back a little bit. After that, I, I honestly, I lost interest. 
went to college in Myrtle Beach. Uh, I was going to go to Coastal. I uh, enrolled there for a short period of time, realized that there was no way I was going to graduate from Coastal Carolina. Well, their program is amazing, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. I was going to do business, actually. But the school across the street was a technical college that offered turf and landscape. And it just so happened that the Myrtle Beach Pelicans were in go. Myrtle Beach. So I got a summer job. Braves affiliate. There's a fly ball to left field. Vaughn's going to tag up. Here's the throw to the plate. He is safe. Stripers now lead 3-0 in the bottom of the third. Uh, Mac, I'm going to ask you my uh, last question. You already gave me – I did not realize the magnolia tree was an homage to Ponce de Leon Park. I think that's fantastic. Here's going to be my question. I've wondered this all my life. The end of the game, there's always somebody with a real little push mower that goes to the – and it's usually center field or at least all three outfield spots. What is the purpose of that right after the game? So – all those little walk mowers or push mowers have baggers, and they, they're basically a, it's a makeshift vacuum for us. Okay. So sunflower seeds, bubble gum, dirt, you name it. We just get the contaminants out of the grass. Perfect. All right, we learned something new. And I can't get the... Uh, and I realize the, I'm really stupid that I didn't realize that. Of yep. course. The, the, and the I can't get the vision of a six-year-old Harper raking, raking a shag carpet, carpet out of my mind right now. <laughs> Eddie um, Murray was the uh, Baltimore Orioles first baseman, and I got to see a game in Philadelphia after he had played. There were never in my life I've ever ever seen as many seeds spit in this one area. Uh, are there any guys that are notorious for it at this level that just, they're the dirtiest player that you have to pick up after all the time? Our manager. Good has. players. I'm not, I mean, let's not, let's not uh, you know, I'm not calling them out. I'm just saying that they're, they're a groundskeeper's nightmare. Our, uh, our manager has a sunflower, seeds fe or sunflower seed fetish, so okay. they're always in the grass. Tuiasa Sopo. Yeah, and uh, for some reason, pistachios now are in play. Don't know why you want to step on pistachios, but they're everywhere after games. <laughs> Mac Murphy, groundskeeper for the Gwinnett Stripers. Thanks for stopping by. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. And joining us now here at the Gwinnett Stripers game is Kyle Kammerbake. Yes. And it's, you said it's Dutch. Dutch, correct. Social media, what is your position with social media here? So I'm the marketing manager, so I oversee a lot of things. Social media is one of them, so I also do our promotions, our in-game in -game activities, our giveaways, our theme nights, and then I also do our social media, and I also oversee our community relations and mascots. So the easier question is, what don't you do? I mean, you're going to see a lot groundskeeping, of Groundskeeping, right? You yeah. don't groundskeep. Right. No, we we talked I mean, to him. I pulled some tarp before, but right. Max is good at what he does. Obviously, the field looks great. We, we replaced some grass. You can barely tell. But, uh, yeah, don't do things like that. You're going to talk to a lot of people who do a lot of things. So in my early baseball, you wear a lot of hats. I can't wear a hat right now because I'm wearing these headphones. But you wear a lot of hats. You do a lot of things. So you can talk to anybody in minor league baseball. They could probably do a lot of things okay. And so we all a wide range of experience in minor league baseball. When you say social media, Kyle, you're talking about Twitter and all, all, all the social yeah. media. So are you the guy that has to come up with all the funny stuff? And are you the one actually typing it on the keyboard and doing all that? That is me. It's, it's me, between me and I also have a digital market coordinator. She also handles, uh, she also does some Twitter and she also does emails and handles the website as well. And for anyone who isn't following the Gwinnett Stripers on your favorite social media platform, you should. Because I think one of the things you guys do fantastically is not only do you talk about your team, you interact with the major league team and and what the Braves are doing and their opponents. And you, if you aren't following, I, I won't ruin what you guys have already done by trying to, to quote it or anything. Just know it's there's a lot of interaction between the team's social media departments. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so obviously we have on... It's mainly on Twitter is where we interact. On Twitter, we have around 75,000 followers. The Braves have like 1.6 million. So obviously... Uh, you need oh. to pick it up, Kyle. <laughs> 
so the Braves, I mean, everybody who grew up in the 90s watching TBS are, are Braves fans. They have a huge footprint, not even just in the Southeast, the people who are like, I, people that grew up in Boise or whatever, because they, because, you know, said turn around TBS and things like that, so they have a huge following. So people who, we try to capitalize on that by interacting with Braves and things like that, so people say, oh, this is A team, so I can see people who are coming up and coming and things like that. Obviously, like when the Braves won the World Series in 21, of the 26 people on the roster, 22 of them played here at some point. Wow. So it's crazy. So like earlier this year, we had Travis Arnaud in a rehab, we had Michael Harris the second on a rehab. We, I mean, we Mike Soroka is currently Mike, here. Mike Vaughn Sor- Grissom, Braden Shoemaker. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously the Braves are tied to uh, tied to us a lot, and we're t- incredibly tied to the Braves. So being able to get anybody who's a Braves fan off to follow us is a huge plus. Do you see how he is so good at marketing? I set him up to try and dog some of the other teams that they interact with, and and poking fun at some of the other major league teams. He won't he won't take the bait on that. And yes, that was a bad pun for the Stripers uh, here in Gwinnett. So, as far as also interacting with the other teams, well, let's talk a little bit about uh, promotions and, and some of the marketing you do to try and attract people into the stadium. The Stripers, through bobbleheads and some of the other specific nights, you guys really bring people who don't normally come to games. Talk about some of the promotions you've been able to be a part of and, and help bring in new fans. So, you all here tonight on a bobblehead night. We gave away Maddles and bobbleheads. He's from Gwinnett, and so we try to do something kind of local. Later on this year, earlier this year, we had a Sugar Skull bobblehead for our Copa de la Diversión initiative, which is for Hispanic Heritage. And so we gave that away the last weekend of April, also gave it away during Hispanic Heritage Month last year. And then we also have a fish bobble, which I kind of, every year, I try to do one bobble that isn't a traditional baseball player swinging a bat or something like that. So this is a fish with a lure bobbles. I always like to have something where not just a head bobble, so it's just a bobble of some sort. So like bobble in this market, bobbleheads really drive attendance. So obviously you can see tonight. Tonight was our, our second best pre-sale of the year so far. Um, the first is other theme nights, like we had Star Wars night. Star Wars night was also a huge night for us. We had characters come out so you get a picture with Darth Vader or Yoda or different things like that. We also gave away um, 500 glow sabers to kids. And so every year we try to have some giveaways are just geared towards kids, some are not. Like on Thursday was our Margaritaville night. We had a band come out. We had um, drink specials. We everybody, All the staff wore Hawaiian shirts. And then yesterday we had Princess and Pirates. So you come out here, we had a Jack Sparrow impersonator. We had Rapunzel. We had Snow White. And we had a bunch of different princesses. So you come out, bring your kids, and, and get. So we try to be really centered for families here at, at the Cool Ray Field because like here you can get a ticket for nine dollars there's no seat that's further than 30 rows in the ballpark from the field and things like that but it's really uh, it's a affordable family friendly atmosphere and so we try to really build things around that so like I said Star Wars night things like that you can also get a, a bobblehead and so with the bobbleheads and giveaways and things like that it's also the Braves give away 10,000 of them. We give away 2,000 of them. So it's a little bit more of a higher demand for them. So we try to make sure these things are more special because we give away less than the big big team does. Kyle, do me a favor and you mentioned a moment ago how you have the old TBS Braves fans and then you've got my kids that are on the phone all the time. Is there a challenge to get one to kind of lean away from the other and and incorporate more what, what what's the biggest thing for you to be able to reach as many people as possible you still want to keep the old folks right that that are tv centric but yet the phone is uh, changing our world 
So a big thing with social media is that we can be able to clip highlights. The uh, reason I was late to this interview is so I, I went out and clipped Josh Fuentes made a diving play. Nobody would have known you were late except you told us, so <laughs> it's okay. My bad. Yeah, it's and all right. Vaughn Grissom hit a triple and slid in. So Vaughn Grissom was out. We had a, our kids' camps this morning, so one way to reach out to kids. We had a kids' camp. We had 215 kids come out here. We had players go around. So they had uh, different drills around the, the field, hitting, throwing, pitching, field, like ground balls, fly balls, things like that. So Vaughn was out here. So Vaughn, setting a good example, teaching kids how to slide this morning then slid in for a triple boarding that's so you know, you know Von Grissom and Wu Tang both for the children here. What is a social media post that has gotten the most response and went haywire, good or bad, Kyle? So at the end of every month, minor league baseball sends out a recap of social media amongst everybody. In the month of April, in the month of May, we had the number one Instagram post in all of social in all of minor league baseball, and probably will end up being the most of the year. It was a we put bananas on home plate and made a chalk line for Harambe who passed away tragically on May 28th. It kind of went a lot crazier than I thought it would be. It's our, it's our most liked post in the history of our social media, and it's about a, a gorilla that never been here and died seven years ago. That's really leaning it. Do we know who Harambe is? I do. I do. Thanks to my Go, thanks go ahead to and my explain children. for go ahead people that it. don't. Harambe, a few years ago in, in Cincinnati, a child climbed over the railing and into the, the gorilla enclosure, and the gorilla grabbed him, and they had to shoot the gorilla. And so it's been a huge running joke on the Internet of how, like, or R.I.P. Harambe, and it was an inside job and things like that. And so it's really leaning into the youth culture. And a lot of people were thought that was we were just the dumbest people in the world. A lot of people thought it was hysterical. So it's a it's a weird mix. How how, how much play did they get? So in month of May, that had more than double the next highest post of any team in minor league baseball. We're talking hundreds of thousands. Yeah. Or? Wow. For, uh, that was on Instagram. For something that had nothing to do with no, the Stripers. Nothing to do with yes. us. But the two other things I want to say is last year we were playing the Memphis Redbirds and their guy hit, a, hit what he thought was a no-doubt home run, rounded all the bases, and then he found out it was caught in left field. And that was the number one play on not top ten. And it was the number one. It was on the year end of best of come on, come on man on Monday Night Football. And so every single time that was posted, it said Gwyneth Stripers in the corner, which nice. I thought was really cool. And so that was one of our most liked posts. And last year, we um, we played Bryce Harper in a rehab assignment. He raced versus us. He had a walk off home run. He had like four games. He had like five home runs. And so we were like, oh. Uh, Upcoming prospects in the, for the Phillies might be all right. It's not got a lot of traction. Today. By the way, we're speaking with Kyle Camerbake, and uh, we are. If you hear the cheering, uh, the Stripers are winning three nothing. But it's it's the T-shirt toss time from the top of the dugout. So of course that gets the loudest cheers. Kyle, you talked about getting in, uh, you know, connecting with the community. You talked about the kids, kids camp doing some work on the field. I'm going to ask you a question we ask at Gwinnett Business Radio of, of a lot of business owners and business leaders who sit at, in our uh, studio and we talk to them. What are some of the areas of the Gwinnett community that the Stripers, you would love to see the Stripers do a better job of reaching out to? And, and obviously part of that is your job. So who, who would you love to see them reach out to in the community? And growing up, the Little League fields I played on were not great, I'll be honest with you. So I'd love to have us uh, um, kind of partner with local Little Leagues. Because obviously you talk to Mac. Mac is incredible coming out here with the grass and the dirt and things like that. I'd love to go out there and kind of help out these local little, local little leagues, kind of refurbish their fields. I know in 2020, a local high school, somebody broke in and did donuts in the outfield. So we came out there and redid their whole field. So I would love to partner with local little leagues saying, hey, this is kind of a we're kind of adopting your field and making it good. And so the future generations of baseball players can. 
Kyle, thank you so much for stopping by. That was really cool what you do. I'm sure, I mean, for a young person out there, I'm thinking, you know, they love social media. They grew up on this. If you love sports, you probably, for a lot of young people, have the ideal job. I watched baseball and I uh, posted stupid things on Twitter. So, yeah, it's a... It's a and you follow get paid for it. Page on social media. It's worth your time. Thank you so much, Kyle. <laughs> Thank you all. Kyle Kamerbake for joining us here on uh, Gwinnett Business Radio. And we are back at Cool Ray Field here on Gwinnett Business Radio. And joining us now is Dave Lazat, the radio broadcaster for the Stripers. Dave, you don't know this, but we're going to tape you to that chair, and Steve is going to run in the booth and do the rest <laughs> of the game. This is like a dream come true. He wants to do some play-by-play. It's a bloodless coup. My assistant, Jack, might take offense to that. He's in there doing the innings right now, but uh, you're welcome to it. How'd you get involved? When did you say, this is something that I'm not only good at, but I really want to do this? I think it took a long time to be good at it, for sure. Um, The first time I ever called any sporting event was in high school, uh, Oak Creek High School in Oak Creek, Wisconsin. I did football there uh, for our high school. That's the first time I ever got on the air doing anything. Fell in love with it. Knew I wanted to go to college for it. I went to the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh. Went to their radio TV film program. Did sports for four and a half years there. Didn't graduate in four. Stayed an extra semester, which actually turned out to be pretty good. Uh, put me in a good spot to apply for minor league baseball jobs. Uh, landed my first one right out of college in 2006 in the Midwest League with the old Clinton Lumber Kings. Uh, worked my way up. Again, I think my first couple years there, I, I don't like to listen to those tapes because I know I didn't sound great, but I, I learned every step of the way. You know, it's a tough thing to get good at. You're always working at it to improve. I mean, I know you guys know that too. It's, it's kind of the same thing. But yeah, just worked my way up slowly and, and surely. And this is now my, I think it's my 11th year here with Gwinnett. So like wow. the years just fly by. When you started, you were doing a lot of PR and stuff. Uh, Tony Schiavone, I think, was right, the radio right. guy. Are you, and you did the press notes and everything, and you did a great job. So detailed. Thank you. Do you still have to do all that, or do you have some help now? I, I still do that. Um, I which do is, have Which help. is good, because it's great for preparing for the broadcast. It is. In fact, I don't ever have to read them. I know everything. Like yeah, I, he wrote it. I spend right. two and a half to three hours prepping all the material every day for, you know, for the press notes, for broadcast stuff, and I don't even really have to refer to it anymore. It's just already in there it's a different sport but i watched something about inside the nba and the inside inside the nba guys and ernie johnson that's one of the things he is most known for is his prep right that that and so clearly doing the game notes helps you doing the game i'm going to ask you two kind of silly questions first one is probably you've been asked a lot when you do play-by-play for 11 years with Gwinnett and and other years coming up there's that joke of, oh, I've never seen that before on the field. What's one of the stranger things you've seen while doing a game uh, on a, the field? Okay, that's a very – I mean, I've seen a walk-off here that the where the ball was hit foul up the first baseline and it hit with such hard English that everybody gave up on it. It spun back fair, hit the first base bag, and we won a, went on a walk-off on that. That's probably the strangest thing I've nice. seen here. That's the fun thing about baseball is any given night you come to the ballpark, you might see something you haven't seen before. We almost had a, a seven-inning no-hitter here the other night. Michael Soroka was, was one out away from it. I've never called one for my club. I've called several against my team, but here I am in year you know, 17, 18, and I still don't have that on my resume. I don't have that defining no-hitter call. I almost had it, gave up a home run with two outs in the seven. And granted, seven-inning no-hitter is different than a nine, but still. It uh, still counts. Been, it right, still counts. Right. But yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. I saw a lot more in A-ball, I think, like with the cameras off that would 
astound people, I think. I've seen managers get in a fight on the field before. I've seen things of that, that nature. I'd love uh, to hear that call. I would love to hear that tape of you doing it. Whoa, whoa what's going on? Yeah. So yeah. the other silly question I was going to ask is, uh, as, as a, a radio voice, I would imagine fans recognize you, or, or at least recognize the voice at times. So have you been asked any weird questions by a fan that you are free to share and if it's my question that I actually ask you during the tour that I take with my family pregame, please don't give any of those. I don't know that I've had any really weird questions. I mean, I get a lot of the, like, well, you sound like you're on the radio. Once people figure out who I am, they're like, okay, well, that makes sense. You sound like somebody who speaks on the radio. So that's obviously a compliment. I don't get recognized a ton. It's happened a few times. I mean, being radio only, and I've done some TV here before, but it's been a while. Uh, they do have my face on the video board, you know, before the ball games uh, start. So there's some folks that know who I am, but I still, that's one thing that's nice about AAA is I get to do these games and also kind of live in anonymity a little bit. I can go to the grocery store and not get hassled, all that stuff. So, uh, Mike, you don't get that because you're so recognized as, yeah, right. as the face of right. Business Radio. I assume, Dave, your goal is to get to the major leagues? I think it is for everybody. It's tough to do, though. There's only 30 teams. There's only so many jobs. Yeah. You know, 120 minor league teams, everybody thinks that they've got a shot. Everybody does have a shot. You know, every right. single one of us has a shot. It's about ability, but it's about connections. It's about opportunity. It's about finding out about an open spot before it's out there and, the you know, for the general public to know about it. Because you're not only competing with folks that do this, you're also competing with kind of the general masses that would like to do it. You know, hey, I called some games 20 years ago. Let me put my tape in, too. So, like, all these major league jobs draw probably applications from every single one of us on the minor league side, everybody in college sports. So it's a lot of people you're, you're battling against. And it's not just about being good. It's about being in the right place at the right time. We're watching a double play here. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we got it. We Had got to see it. that. But yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'd love to get to the big leagues. I mean, I love the fact that I've gotten this far. You know, I went to a small school. I kind of have the chip on my shoulder a little bit that I've had to work my way up, that I spent six years in A-ball, that I've spent now over a decade in AAA. I'd love to get to the big leagues, but, you know, it's not the Brewers, end of Would you want to be a brewer? Uh, I'm, from, well, I'm yeah. from Milwaukee. That's my original. That's where I'm from, but I can't. I mean, that'd be great to go home and, and do games there, but I'm not, I'm not picky at this point. What are some of the issues that you would have when there's a player that you know is going to get up to the big league soon, and you see how talented this guy has something that nobody else has? But you got to keep, you got to dumb it down a little bit, don't right. you? In some cases, there are certain people that just have it, you know it, and you, yeah, it's just a treasure that I get to see him at this level for sure. the while that they're here before they move up. Or the mention of Bryce Harper just a while ago. What do you have? Three or four, five home runs in the weekend? You know, just this guy's got it. When you get to see that, and you, then when you portray it on the air, that's sometimes a challenge, isn't it? Because I don't want to overdo it. Right. Yeah, that's and that's honestly like I wear the two hats. I wear the PR side and the broadcast side. So the PR side of me knows some things about what we're doing roster-wise and why certain players are where they're at and what's coming up that I can't talk about on the broadcast side. So I have to definitely like kind of have one foot on each side. I, I'm the one who does our, like all of our roster moves go through me, so I put that out every day. So again, I know about stuff in advance that I can't talk about on air, but sometimes, you know, again, you never want to break that trust. Trust is a huge thing in this position, but you know, if you know a guy's about to go up, you might sell a call a little bit harder. You know, you might celebrate something a little bit more knowing like, okay, this is probably the last time I'm going to see this guy until he rehabs here in a couple of years. So there is a little bit of that for sure, but 
like I said, I always want to make sure I'm cool with the clubhouse first and foremost because all the rest of the stuff I do, like that's the basis of what I do. Quick question I have, Dave. Outside of Cool Ray Field, of course, best place in the International League to announce a game? Either best stadium, best atmosphere, okay. and maybe best place to broadcast. Maybe two different answers. I will say, I mean, the nicest ballpark I think we go to, the coolest setup is Charlotte. Uh, the press box is great. It's right on like kind of the line you'd want to be on. You're right behind home plate. They're relatively new, right? That's a new stadium. Uh, 2014 is okay. when they opened yeah, it. Yeah. It's got the, the, you see downtown Charlotte out behind the ballpark. Love that place. Uh, the only thing that's tough about that place is it is a bandbox. So every game we play there, it feels like we score 10 and give up 9. We've won a lot of games there. We've swept a six-game series there before, but no game is ever... You're not getting too many, like, 4-1 to one finals there. Yeah, a, a nice hour-and-a-half, hour-45-minute <laughs> right. game would be nice once in a while. Right. You buckle in there for three hours plus, and you figure there's going to be some lead changes and some home runs. So that's the one downside of that place, but where else? I mean, I've been to a lot of places now. Uh, I love the city of Norfolk. They have a little bit older ballpark, but yep. the view there is great. I love going to that city. It's it's really nice place to go. A lot of places to eat. That's a and that's I, always a prime thing for broadcasters. Where can I eat? Well, and in I was this road city. I was going to joke. I, I know when the Braves go to Washington, they always talk about how high up right. the press box is. So I'm not going to ask you to diss any other parks, but are there? A, is oh, there I've a, got one. Okay, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, Bring it, Dave. <laughs> and again, this place has a reputation. It's a great ballpark. Great setup for fans. Just tough for broadcasters. Durham. Okay. Durham's booth is down the first baseline. Uh, you're you're kind of tucked down the line, so to see anything down the right field line, you got to stick your head out the oh window to watch it. You watch a lot of the game on. They have video screens there for you to watch, which is really kind of an odd concept. Like again, you want you want to broadcast what's in front of you because that's what you're taught to do. But you watch all the pitches on the screen because you're watching everything from side view, so you can see like the arc of a curveball really well. But you can't tell in and out at all. And at the end of a six-game series, you got a crick in your neck because you're always well, turning. right. And and not only that, but the the booth is right up against the last row of seats there. So and they draw a lot of fans, which is awesome. The atmosphere there is always great. But you always have people walking in front of your window. And if you got a crowd mic hanging out, you always have to turn it down. You get the some, conversations. Right. You get the conversations on a you know, thirsty Thursday or a Friday night that you don't want to hear. And there's people that then notice you have a microphone hanging out of your booth and they want to say some things into it. And so there's all that stuff to battle. But, again, I, I, it's a fun place to go. The, the ballpark's nice. The city's great. But the booth is not my favorite. You're the commissioner of either major or minor league baseball or both. How do you change the game and make it better? I think they're doing it right now. I think a lot of the stuff that they've implemented down here that we've experimented with in AAA is making its way up there. The pitch clock, the pickoff limits, the shift fan, all that stuff. I think it's good for the game. I think, I know the, I think the biggest hesitation that a lot of fans had was with the pitch clock was how was that going to change things and I think what we're seeing is is a faster game is better for everybody you want to see the ball in play more you want to see the action pick up more we're seeing that we're not seeing we cut out a lot of the dead weight a lot of the stepping up between pitches to adjust the velcro on the batting gloves for the eighth time in a sequence or the ability for a pitcher because he doesn't like the signs to step off walk around throw to first base look at his dugout like all that stuff's been cut out we just get in there and we go and I love that like 
I get home so much earlier now. As I'm sure all broadcasters love it. Yeah. It moves the game along. Dave, I know you got to go because you've got to call the rest of the game. Where can people hear the Gwinnett Stripers? Sure. We are on MyCountry993.com. Um, our games are also aired on Bally Live, which is new this year. You can get links to all that at our website, GoStripers.com. I think it's GoStripers.com slash broadcast gets you specifically to the broadcast links. But just go to GoStripers.com. All the info is there that you'd ever want to find. Since you're here. Can you call one one at bat right now? Sure, yeah, let's, absolutely. Let's, let's, let's hear Dave Lazat, the voice of the Stripers. Hey, and Dave, before you start, yes, somehow work work Stephen into it just no, so no, you can. No, no, I want to listen to this gigantic no, ego. No, no, I don't typically I do work with a color guy though. Exactly, I just want to listen to Dave. All right, here we go. So we got Eli White. We're back to the top of the order. White just activated off the injured list today. First time he's played for the Stripers since early June. Facing a three and two count, Jeff Lindgren trying to get out of this inning. One out, base is empty. Pitch on the way, swinging a line drive. That's foul down the third base line. Kicks off the short wall into shallow left field. It'll remain three and two on White. He's good. He's very good. He's good. I got a lot of reps, too. We're 70 plus games into the season. Okay, so question while we're doing this. Sure. The Vin Scully's and all the. Well, no, aren't we supposed to do that? Uh, here? <laughs> There's a 3 2 pitch. What's it been like for you to paint the color, not just the stats and all that? How have you developed your specific language to where you go, I want to paint the picture and, and tell a story in between Foul pitches and all the other ones? Time and effort. I mean, it takes a long time, and I, I've said this too because my, my assistant's name is Jack Johnson, came out of Arizona State. This is his first year in affiliated baseball. He's great. Like, he's so much sharper than I was at 23 when I came out of school. But you just, you just develop it. You, I think you work with enough other people that you see kind of how it's done, and you develop your own style. I didn't have it right from the get-go. You develop things that you know work for you. You have to try to avoid falling back on some of the same stuff every time because the baseball season is very repetitive. A lot of the same stuff happens within the game every single time. And, you know, there are stretches where I'm calling the sixth game of a series and describing the pitches the same way I always do. And it's like, all right, I'm kind of boring myself here. We got a bouncer out to short. This is Hinojosa throwing on the run to first. And there goes Eli White for the second out. Not many times you get asked questions in the middle of your play-by-play call. <laughs> I never do. Sometimes I ask them in the middle of we're, it. We're just going to come bother you one day during a game. We're going to just barge in the broadcast booth. Stand over your shoulder. Hey, Dave, how's it going? How's the game going? What's going on? Dave, I've told you this before. I think you're one of the best in the business. Thank Agreed. you. Keep Appreciate up the great that. work. And thanks for coming by. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, this is fun. So you guys have my same equipment here, too. I use this exact same board. So all familiar to me. We've been endorsed by Dave Lazat. <laughs> Dave Lazat, the voice of the Gwinnett Stripers. Thanks so much again. Thanks, guys. Guys had a lot of fun. And welcome back to Cool Ray Field, home of the Gwinnett Stripers, Gwinnett Business Radio. We are broadcasting live from the game tonight, and 3 nothing Stripers still leading, and it's the uh, top of the sixth inning. So far, so good. Hey, you've done that a couple of times, yeah, Mike. Y- you know, we might be the good luck charm. We may have to come and do every single game. Stripers are playing well. Avery Kessler from the Gwinnett Stripers joining us now. He's the stadium operations manager, Avery. Thanks for stopping by. Stadium operations, what does that mean? What do you do? We do day-to-day operations anywhere from cleaning the stadium. We uh, have seven departments that work for us, game day staff. And then we uh, are in charge of maintenance as well. How long have you been in that position here with the Stripers? This is my first season. That's what I thought. All right. So how's your first season going so far? And, you know, what have you learned already the first half of the season working for the Stripers? The season's going well. Uh, We've had some good games, good turnouts for the weekends. Um, Other than that, I mean, 
the things that I've learned, you know, we we have to make decisions on the fly. So you never know what you're going to run into from day to day. Uh, anywhere from repairing the net behind home plate or fixing a seat. When it comes to uh, operations during the game, a lot of people think of the people who are ushers, uh, people who are helping on the suite level. A lot of those people, it, it's it's kind of their they're doing that job so that they can watch baseball. Oh, yeah. Uh, what what do you, you know, and, and you've got to be their boss, but we're at a baseball game. So how do you walk that line of, you know, it, it, you can't be a, a drill sergeant, but they can't just ignore everybody and just stand there and watch the game. Talk yeah. about walking that line. Yeah, so, you know, they do watch the game here and there, but they have to make sure that they're watching for the foul balls, make sure nobody gets hit. They walk up and down the aisles, making sure people are doing everything they're supposed to do, not doing anything wrong. Avery, you're a young guy. Tell us your story. How did you get here in Gwinnett? Where are you from? Where did you go to school? And, and, and how did you land with the Stripers? Uh, I'm from Oconee County. I went to University of North Georgia, graduated in 2019. I started here working in the parking lot way back when I was a sophomore, I think, in college. I think you took, a, you took my parking fee one. You were a <laughs> fine young man back then. <laughs> So I started there, and then I did two years of an internship, and then last year I came on as a coordinator, and now I'm a manager. Game tonight, 6.05 start. When does your day begin? 9 a.m. And what does that look like? What are you doing throughout the day then? So we get here around 9 a.m. Uh, we start with doing a walkthrough to see what the cleaning crew did from the night before. They come in overnight to clean the bowl and uh, the suites and everything. So then we make sure we go behind them, and check for that and then we are in charge of you know scrubbing the concourse the concrete floors uh, cleaning a couple areas that they don't clean and then making sure the water is running everywhere and we don't have leaks stuff like that is there a rule when it comes to like concessions like we've got our hot dogs and stuff in our little cardboard tray here I may be putting myself in a bad position here by saying this but when I go to games I'm finished I put everything under the seat just leave it there I mean, is the, is the rule should be that we should take it to the trash ourselves? Please, or please. We ask that, but, you know, we have the cleaning crew that comes in. It's not a huge deal if you leave it there. Ooh, given by Avery, the <laughs> operations manager. I got it'll the, get, I got the it'll, okay. If, it, it would be an extra, it would be going the extra mile by any fan who throws their trash. That's away. correct. Yeah, I would think so. Mine was, uh, was it seeds or peanuts? I mean, which which is worse for you? Because is there anything that kind of sticks to the concrete when it Sunflower gets wet? Sunflower seeds are the worst. <laughs> really? They're way That's why worse they're than on the peanuts. field, right? Yeah. <laughs> when you first took the job, Avery, when did you, I mean, what did did the passion for baseball all, all obviously accompany that too? Did you play in high school? I did for two years. Okay. Yeah. No, I love baseball. I love being around it. I get to interact with the players here and there, so that's that's always fun. And, and Mike asked, "What's your day? When your day starts on a game day, 9 a.m. During the game, I know there's. We were talking to Mac, the groundskeeper, and kind of during the game, is there downtime? Your operations, man, it, it's it's nonstop. You got you got to adjust during the game. You got to be willing to call things on the fly. So I was going to ask, after the game, is that what what does the operations manager do after the game before you go home and before you come back in the morning to make sure the clean crew did their job? We just make sure everybody gets out of the stadium safely, and then that's when our day ends. As soon as the last fan leaves. So on a home stand like this, you're here early. You're working late. I guess you get to take a little time off when the team's on the road? Yeah, we definitely get some time off when they're on the road. How many people are we talking about operations-wise, ushers, concession workers? How many people are you having to overlook? So I don't do concessions, but I do ushers and 
guest relations, parking. I'd say it's 200, 200 employees. And this is a couple of years ago. He was in college, you know, yeah, yeah, AAA baseball. We've asked this before too, you know. So all the players who are in the minor leagues, they want to make it to the majors. What's what's the end goal for Avery Kessler? Are, are you hoping to kind of continue this and make it to the made on a major league level, or pivot to something else? What, what what are some of your dreams and goals? You know, I I started here in AAA. It's obviously the step right before major leagues. Um, I love it here. I don't know. I don't know that I ever would say no to a major league job, but I love being here. At, there, at there's something about the size. Yeah. There's something about the location. And I get to do a little bit more. I, I oversee a lot, and it's just it's something different every day that we do. Well, not only did you start at the AAA level, but you're starting at home. I mean, you're right at from home. Oconee. I mean, you're, you're, you're at home. Well, I just want to know in, in terms of still being new, but what's one of those things you know, I never – thought I could manage this or I didn't know that this type of problem would pop up if you had any of those moments where you go I better think quickly and help resolve this had any of those yet we've had a couple big leaks since I've been in my position I'm in now and one of them happened to be on Christmas Day so I had to drive I was back home in Oconee Merry Christmas we have a water leak right (laughs) so you know there's not that necessary off day that you get but you're always monitoring what's happening here too um, I know that uh, not much, but uh, Corky Kell had classics here, so football. What are some of the other usages of concerts and other things that, that you're a part of that, that keeps you involved that are non-baseball-like? Well, we had a comedy show with Burt Kreischer last year, and then uh, we do a Big Green Egg Festival in October. That's another big one we do. Yeah, Stephen is still salivating from all the barbecue I'm still barbecue full juice from all the barbecue oh, yeah. I ate during that. Uh, Alec, or, uh, Avery, I was going to ask you again halfway through the season but you've been here at doing different things in parking you gotta have a good story of something that happened that's funny that maybe doesn't you know you, you, names can be changed to protect the innocent but something interesting or unique like wow because because we always talk about being at the ballpark and like oh i've never seen that play at the ballpark i bet there's a i've never seen a fan do that at the ball or i didn't think i was gonna have a fan do this or try that or this happen at the ballpark you got a good story not that I could think of off the top of my head. Uh, uh, he's got one. He just can't <laughs> share it. That, that, that'll come. That'll come. Yeah. So the stadium operations manager, if you're at a Publix or a Kroger supermarket and there's a spill on aisle three by dairy, same thing here, I guess. If there's a popcorn spill down there in section 101, you're the guy they got to call, huh? We are the guys. So do you have one of those little uh, banners in, the, in your back hip pocket that says, you know, danger, wet floor, <laughs> don't slip? You got one of those ready to go? We have them. Stored all around the ballpark. <laughs> Avery Kessler, Stadium Operations Manager for the Stripers. Thanks for stopping by here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Back at Cool Ray Field here, and joining us now is the General Manager for the Gwinnett Stripers, Aaron McCormick. And Aaron, first of all, thank you for all your help in setting this up tonight. It's been so much fun. We love having you guys. Thanks for being out here. We've had we've had your groundskeeper on, your social media person, your stadium operations. Hopefully we'll get to talk to Chopper's handler later on, so it's been great. As the general manager, we've talked about this when you've been in the studio, you oversee really everything that's off the field. The players are everything. That, that's controlled by the Braves. You control everything that happens as far as the fan involvement and everything in the stadium, correct? Correct. Everything but the players and the movements. Everything else is 
me and my team. So what does a day look like, or what does a ball game look like for Aaron McCormick? What are you doing when the game starts? There's a lot of steps. Um, I think I'm on like 16,000 steps right now. Uh, just kind of walking around, making sure, you know, everything is running smoothly that, you know, I just talked to our team in, in the suite level because we had a long line going at the bar. We got some extra help to bust that line, uh, making sure you know, fans are happy and the ballpark is clean and we've got enough food. And Well, I, I was thinking everybody we've talked to, you are checking in with them to making sure they're doing great. And then sometimes you are helping their team under them because, you know, and Avery, you know, operations, he can't be everywhere at once. So you're helping him. And it, so that's it. Now we've asked everybody else, you know, okay, 605 start. And they talked about when they come to the park. When does Aaron, when does the general manager show up at the park? We had a kids camp this morning. So I was here at about 9.30 in the morning um, and I've been here since. But uh, luckily, I've got a great team. So I can kind of show up a little later and uh, do some final checks. Hey, there's, and a, there's a couple of privileges to being the general manager at the Gwinnett Stripe. <laughs> yeah, just right? roll in a little bit later than everyone. <laughs> With yeah. your cafe latte. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> when we had you as a guest on the show in the studio... I have to admit, you were calm, relaxed, but now your your head is on a swivel. You're mo- you've got a hundred things going in your mind right now. How do you compartmentalize each of the ones and then move one into priority, and then still be able to maintain your sanity? I don't know. Okay, we're still <laughs> Seven, working on that. Seventeen years experience, I guess. We always talk about how a GM sees things from a ten thousand foot view, and like right now, this is probably the best because I'm actually more of a ten thousand foot view sitting on the suite level with y'all. So kind of you know one thing at a time and is there uh for any mash fans that are out there radio o'reilly could always predict what colonel blake was going to be doing do you have to anticipate in many areas i think this is the next situation that's going to need me to help resolve yeah i mean you can kind of see if, if something's brewing if there's a long line or parking's taking too long or the ticket scanners go down um and i mean i came up in marketing and promotion so we're always thinking three outs ahead, six outs ahead, what's coming up. So we don't often get to actually sit and watch the game and live in the moment. So as general manager, and, and I guess, you know, the main purpose is you're hoping every fan that comes here has a wonderful experience and comes back. At the end of the night, apart from just talking to everybody, hey, how was it, how was it, how was it? What are some of the things you've seen? What are some of the things you've, you've noticed as you're, as everybody's leaving and, you, and, and you're down from a thousand things to do, as Harper said, down to only, okay, I got 73 more things and only... 5,000 more steps before I head home. But what are some of the things you've seen and noticed make you go, we're doing a good job. We're doing the right thing here. The easiest is smiles, right? Like happy faces. Um, For me, you know, not necessarily short concession lines, but making sure that they're moving, kind of like Chick-fil-A. No one complains about Chick-fil-A, their long lines, because you're always, because you know you're going to get through it quickly. So that's our goal. You know, always stop into the merchandise store, talk to the bartenders, see what people are buying. So, I mean... It's just kind of a little bit of everything. I think one of the other things I was going to ask you that I've noticed is you as the general manager, it, it, there's a very important role you play, not just for every fan, but especially season ticket holders, some of the Cutwater Club fans. Talk a little bit about that relationship that you have with them because you're checking in with them too as the season goes on. Yeah, we often joke because I see a lot of these people more than I see my husband. So... You know, people choose to spend our summers with us, and that's something special. So we're always, you know, I get to know these people, and they're like family. And so always going, checking in on people, seeing how they're doing, and visiting you, and you're in the seat sometime. 
we we had a wonderful experience. Yeah, good. You've got to be happy tonight. Looks like a great crowd here. Great crowd tonight. Bobbleheads are always a good draw. So, what are those costumed characters? They were running on the field earlier. I see them down in the concourse now. What are those? Bobster. Yeah, Bobster is the bobber. Bateman is the worm, and Barb is the hook. So they do kind of like the the Braves um, Home Depot tool race. It's we have better. the academy. It's, it's better. Reel it in, reel a. So. And then Chopper usually. Body blocks Form one of them. Yes, some, yeah. exactly. Bobster's my favorite because it's hard, it's difficult to run in that thing. So he's kind of the lovable loser. When you see a good crowd and all that, and the team is playing well, the, wait, 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 we the general see. manager stood up for this the seventh, seventh inning stretch. stretch. Oh, I love this. Let's go. Erin yes. McCormick stood up. She she got us up for there the seventh are rules. inning stretch. There are rules in baseball. Amen. And we follow them. Sing it, Erin. No, no. If they you don't, don't want me to. We'll, we'll, we'll narrate it. Well, it's one. It's one. one. Two. 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 Three. Three strikes are out. out. And in honor of Harry Carey, hey, <laughs> let's get some runs. Big crowd. Stripers are winning. It's been a good night so far for you. Great night. Love this kind of energy. And the line seemed to be moving because about an inning ago, we sent my son out to get about 10 hot dogs for us, and he came back pretty quick. So Good, good. That's yeah, good news. Good. Okay, sorry I interrupted you. No, you did your job <laughs> as the I, keeper of I all things. I interrupted the game. Respect must yeah, be paid yeah, res respect the seventh the inning, stretch. inning stretch. Yeah. Aaron, things are going pretty good right now. Uh, I'm not going to ask what could make it better, but uh, you're always looking to enhance and improve and, and uh, have one more seat filled than the previous night. What's working for you right now? Kind of short-term goal is um, we try to get everyone to come to one more game a year. You know, like it's nice growing people into season ticket members and, and having them be a part of this, but we kind of we kind of bite it off a little bit smaller and say, man, these people had a great night tonight. Let's try to get them to come to one more game this year. And that's our short-term goal. Our long-term is really wanting to make some improvements to the ballpark. So it's more fan friendly. There's group areas where you stay in the seating bowl, you know, adding some floor tops. What kind of new experiences can we can we develop for the fans? Um, we have a great ballpark. It's clean, it's well maintained. The county and our ops team, Avery, have done an amazing job. But now we want to kind of take the next step and see, you know, it, it's been 14 years now, there's been a lot of improvements to what, what people want from a fan experience. So we want to kind of do our own assessment. I think also, if I'm, I mean, as someone who has been coming to, to Striper and former Gwinnett Braves games all 14 years, you talk about people coming to one more game. I think that's a great goal. I think there are tons of Gwinnettians who haven't been here in a little while. They haven't been here since the field house has, has been put up. They haven't been here since since you got since the new ownership has taken ownership and and one of the things of past regimes they just never quite found exactly who they were. Mm -hmm. That is changing. The Gwinnett Stripers, you guys know who you are, you know what you want to do, and and that starts with you at the top, I believe. Yeah, we have a very clear vision. Um, love our logo, love the energy that that brings us, and it does give us our own identity from the Braves. We love being the Braves affiliate. They have so much tradition and awesomeness. But we want to be our own, our own thing, a little bit more fun, a little bit edgier. You talk to Kyle about social media. We definitely have a distinct voice. And, and, and I'm going to say, you know, you talked about, and Mike talked about the hot dogs and how, and they're fantastic hot dogs, every, you know, lines, you're talking to the bartenders. Your store, Bobby's Tackle Shop, 
is kind of up there in terms of, you know, one of the better, you're getting better results on your merchandise. We are. We've got some great help in there, including Stacy, your wife. Got um, great leadership <laughs> in Malik. Yeah. yeah, Malik is fantastic. Um, he does a lot of good research about, you know, what's trending and what what is up and coming. Um, he's got a, a good sense of style to, to add a little flavor in there. Um, and we're, we're in top 10 of all minor league baseball out of all 120 teams for merchandise sales. And I think our, our fish cap is one of, in top five of all logos sold. And that's not the history. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's not the history. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to state that. So, I mean, you guys are doing a lot of good things. Right? Yeah, it's fun to lean into the neons. Like, I mean, today, me, I'm, I'm in a bright green shirt. That really feels like our brand is, is hipper and more youthful than it used to be. You have plenty of folks here that are some, you can see they're wearing Braves jerseys. Some have the old 70s uh, with the, the feather, feather on it. Yeah. yeah, That's what I grew up seeing when I was a kid and the small letter A. But then you also have plenty of striper jerseys as well. Mm-hmm. I, I imagine, yes, you, we want to embrace you know, because some of these kids are going to be up in the big leagues in no time. And you've already got behind us the wall here that has all of the names and pictures of the players. So you get to kind of experience both ends of that. We want to be unique and different, but we also are all part of the big, yeah, the big we, league club. We don't want to want to shirk that tradition and, and the fact that we're so close. I mean, we're 35 miles to the big leagues for the players and for the fans. So it's it's not something we want to avoid actually if you come on sundays our our retro alternate top that we wear our jersey is a nod to that feather one it has some fish on the side of it we call it the feather fish because it looks it has that same shape as the braves throwback jersey neon though is it neon green it's it's not it's navy and white but it's got the fish on it so Aaron McCormick's the general manager for the Stripers joining us here. And uh, Aaron, for that young person, maybe they're in high school and they'd love to have a career in sports, maybe have a front office position job. What what recommendation, what, what advice would you give them? Just get here. We have a ton of game day positions that get you a foot in the door, get you used to that. I mean, Avery started with us. He was working in our parking lot. And so, so he's going to start shaving pretty soon, isn't he? We hope, you know, he's so young yeah, and been here for face. a couple years. I know. Yeah, he, um, but I mean, it's probably one of the least thankless jobs and you don't even get to watch the game, but it set him up really nicely to say, I want to, I want to work in this. I did the same. I started as an intern for the Corpus Christi Hooks and, um, and now I'm the general manager of my own AAA team. So yet another reason why people need to follow the Gwinnett Stripers on social media, because mm-hmm. Before the season, here are the positions we're listing. We you guys did interviews. Post them. Yeah. So just, guys, just get your foot in the door. It may not be exactly what you want to be exactly. in your career. It doesn't have to be end game. You come in, you make a name for yourself. Or you just get on their radar. I mean, and then we've had plenty of interns. Our PR intern who worked with Dave last year, um, he was one of our ushers before one of our game day staff guest relations guys. Um, so there's a ton of people who, you know, they just get used to the game day experience and we get used to you. We spend all summer together and then they raise their hand and say, I'm interested. And we're like, let's do it. Before we leave tonight, Steve wants to do, Steven wants to do a little bit of play-by-play. Do we have your permission to let him do a little play-by-play? Go by right play? ahead. I will duck out of that one. You're not going to be the color analyst? <laughs> no. We can't go down to the, down on the field, Aaron McCormick has some comments that you're not going like to do any of that I truly don't watch enough of the games to be able to accurately comment most of the time. Because you have 8,000 things that you got to do. Yeah. Oh. I'll take that bobble then. I want to get that shattered bat that went out past literally, literally the, the bat went grass. the bat went further than the ball did on that one the broken portion of the bat yeah. ends it up uh, right there on the on the grass 
Aaron, thank you again. It's been a lot of fun tonight. Uh, hopefully, we just got really one more person coming. That's the, the handler for the chop, for Chopper the Mascot. So, chopper. Uh, it's been a great night. You know, we came here. We didn't know exactly what the plan was, but you had it all worked out for us. So, thank well, you. yeah. Thank you guys for being here and for adjusting on the fly with us. So, that's, that's something so we do well, Yeah, right? if there's anyone that knows how to adjust on the fly, it's Aaron. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron McCormick, GM for the Stripers. And we are back at Cool Ray Field, the Gwinnett Stripers game. Stripers winning 3-1. They're in the eighth inning. Yeah, they just gave up a home run to the to the Jacksonville Jumbo. But they are still winning. Hey, we have a – this is a first, Mike, right? This is a first. I believe it's his first and, live interview. And we're going to have to talk loud because Chopper, his head is so big he can't wear headsets, he won't be able to hear the question. So he's like Steven, only Steven can wear a headset. So go ahead, Steven. Big old head is. Yeah, yeah. That's okay, good. Are you going to start with the first question, Stephen, or are you just going to stare me down like you're doing right now? You're, you're so great. Ask the question, Harper. Chopper, great to have you here. Josh is going to interpret for us. Josh Stevens. What's what's the most fun that you have while you're here? Because you're you're constantly you're entertaining people with the kids, with uh, adults. Well, what, where's, where's the most fun that you seem to have here at the ballpark? And Chopper's now whispering the answer to Josh. Oh, nice play-by-play. Yeah. Josh is going to actually be the voice of Chopper. Um, Chopper's just here so he doesn't get fined. Nice. I like that. I like that. <laughs> Chopper, uh, so, far, so far in this season to this point, what's been your favorite moment of the Stripers on the field? Again, he's telling Josh the yeah, answer. Yeah, we're whispering. Uh, Chopper said that's actually a good question, but um, he's just here so he doesn't get fined. Well, thank you that I did get credit for asking what a good question. What is this, Marshawn I, I appreciate it. Yeah. Appreciate it. So now we know Aaron apparently would find Chopper if he didn't. Oh, Chopper is nodding yeah. his head in agreement. Yeah, we're feel for that. Mm. Oh, yeah. interesting. Chopper, during the race with Bobster and the uh, the shrimp and all that, you, Barb. You, show, you show some real good football technique right there. You can bring the muscle, right? Tell us a little bit about the form and the technique that you use when you knock out one of those characters so that one one can win. You're, you're always wanting the favorite to win. I, I hope we don't get the same answer. Uh, you know we are. Oh, my goodness. Making sign language. Chopper say a power eight. I love it. Chopper seems to be talking to you a long time, and then you're giving us, like, one-word answers. What's up with that, Josh? <laughs> He's a man of few words. Mm. Josh, how did you learn to, to uh, you know, how did you learn Chopper's language and be able to interpret. to interpret for him? How long did that take? What was that process like for you? Hours and hours of eating wood chips with him. You just develop a rapport. Yeah. So it just went from yeah. there. Actually, I have a serious question for you, Josh. You stay by Chopper's side the entire game. What is your job to do? What, what, what are you told to do? What are you instructed to do? I'm Chopper's handler, so mainly I'm here to make sure that he doesn't start trouble with the fans. Right, because I know, you know, when I've been around mascots, kids want to go up and they pull the tail or want to hit them and things like that. Chopper can get abused, and you're there to see. Well, no, no. Well, he might get abused, but then Chopper likes to dish it back out, yeah. correct? Yeah. So you if you like, can dish it, you have to be able to take it. Absolutely. So you're like the bodyguard. Something like that. Well, he's bodyguard for the fans from Chopper. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, see exactly. That? I, yeah. I do notice during the national anthem before the game, you do take your hat off. I wonder if you would let us see the, the fantastic flowing locks of hat head underneath your your hat here in the booth. Oh, he's doing it. Oh, you take it off. What there a it is. beautiful, what a beautiful haircut. mane. More hair than Steven. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. That's yeah. not hard. That's yeah. not hard. 
Hey, hey during the summer, Chopper, when it's really just steamy hot, even though this is a 6 o'clock first pitch, 6.05, what, <laughs> what's it like for you? Seven, eight innings of running around like that. I mean, uh, it's a nine inning what game, type Harper. of cool water do you have any? Well, I know, but for seven, eight, and nine innings, he's, he, he's in fur. Yeah. So what cool water? So what, what yeah, is cool what is, water? I think you like Powerade. Yeah. Is Anything there any, else? Yeah. Would, would you like to have a fan or something else that Chopper keeps you cool? Staring daggers. At, at yeah, the, he's also emulate every time I, I'm a Italian speaking with my hands. <laughs> Chopper's got that doing down. Doing a good job. Yeah. So is there anything other than Powerade Chopper? I think that was the question, Harper. Chopper's just here so he doesn't get fined. There you go. It's Marshawn Lynch all over again. <laughs> yeah. Chopper, thank you for coming. You're supposed to be the ambassador for the Stripers. He's doing a great job. You're supposed to be happy and stuff. It's not. This is the most viral interview we've had so far. Yeah. I guess hey, so. I, got, I have a T-shirt from WDUN when they did this about 10, 15 years ago. And you are you know, much younger than you. You don't have the gray like you have now. How much is that shirt worth nowadays? Do you think I could get a couple bucks for it? If what, I had what's to give it you, on the open market? If I had to give you a, a ballpark, maybe 21,000 wood chips. Now, how many wood chips does Chopper typically eat in a day? Anywhere from 10 to 15. Thousand? Thousand. Okay. How old is Chopper? He's six years old. No, no, 16. No. 15. 15 years old. 15. Five, five, five. 15. 15. Yeah. Thank you. There you go. That's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your favorite mascot in, in the big leagues? Do you have any? Uh, is the Philly Fanatic one of those guys that you would love, or would you like to knock him out? There is no one greater than Chopper. He is the best. Who is second best? Second best mascot in all the sports behind you. Behind you. <laughs> behind you. Him. Your first, second, and third. And he wins all the medals all right. in the Olympics. The first five slots go to Chopper. Okay, first so who's sixth? Blooper? Yeah. Blooper's good. Josh. Got, got a solid game. Thank you for coming by. It was my pleasure. Chopper, Thank thanks for coming by. Only because you were told to be here. And Didn't by the way, we interviewed you so that we wouldn't get fined. I just wanted you to know that. All right. We'll have more from Cool Ray Field after this. Okay, so we are now in the uh, bottom of the eighth inning, a couple outs, and we promised Steven he gets some play-by-play. So, Steven, take it away, and who's my, your partner? I, I believe my make-a-wish. I'm proud to be joined not only by Mike Salmon and Harper LaBelle, but my son, Zach Julian, is here. Zach, who is up to bat right now? Right now, it's Braden Shoemake, and it's a one-and-one one count. Braden is trying to see. He is one for two tonight. Nobody on base, one-and-one one count, two outs, strike on the outside corner. Looked a little low to me. First pitch. First pitch he calls. He disagrees with the umpire. I like it. And the one-two pitch is swung on and missed missed. for strike three, and that's the third out. Tagged by the catcher. Well, that was great. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Ended right away. But we're going to the ninth inning. Striper's up three to one. I think he he might have a future. Absolutely. No, that's my brother. That's your brother. That's what Jay wants to do. He should be up here. He's in the dugout, though. Yeah, Jay is in the wrong place. He had to get his foot in the door. Our intern, Dan. Dan, you having a good time with us tonight? Yeah, I am. I hear, oh, I should take the headphones, too. I can barely hear you. You can barely hear me? Oh, Dan's putting the headsets on now. All right, here Dan we go. Bra- Dan Braverman, who's doing a great job producing for us tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Who's been your favorite interview? Chopper was a lot of fun. Uh, again, I don't have headphones, so I can't hear everything you guys are saying. Ch- Chopper had an attitude. Yeah. I, don't think, I don't think Harper and Mike really like Chopper no. that much. I, no. I don't think yeah. they appreciated the Marshawn Lynch homage that's fair uh dave was on i liked him a lot and just hearing the play-by-play that he did call was like that's a professional right there that was cool to see mike i have to tell you you did play-by-play 
and it's it's really interesting to have that the ambient noise have the crowds in, in your headset it, it makes a difference in the world you don't want to be doing a play-by-play in any sport in an empty stadium or empty arena <laughs> for sure just doesn't sound good harper you agree with i mean so i was saying to mike having the having the noise that's a t- i've never done that right obviously just being in business radio x so having that noise in your headset well while calling a game yeah is, yeah there can be a lot of distraction there's sometimes where you can't control any of it georgia state for example has this train horn when they score and it really does interfere with what we're trying to say we have to stop right while right. You know, <laughs> we got chewed out once we were at william and mary of all places real small stadium on the outside on some stilts we were literally uh on like construction stilts and we were still in the show when the national anthem and this old marine was giving us not only the evil eye but the evil language like yeah. he was really upset with us because we were talking we had to go to a break but we hadn't gone and so sometimes it gets to be a little hairy but <laughs> you know if that's the worst of your day well you know just deal with it but you know mike's been doing it for years and there's a certain joy and it makes the the background noise helps i think the person listening on the couch or in the car to enjoy the experience right. that much more we're in the uh, top of the ninth. jazz chisholm is up he is over two tonight he is down on a rehab assignment with the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. And the 0-1 is taken for a high strike. And the Stripers are one out away, one strike away from winning the game. I think he throws this in the dirt, maybe slider in the dirt, trying Absolutely. to get him to swing. Absolutely. And it's hit in the air down the right field line, high in the air. Fair. And he makes the catch on the foul line, and the Stripers win the game 3-1. to one. There you go, Steven. You just called a baseball game. <laughs> My son, this was wonderful. <laughs> I'm going to cry. It's so emotional. Thank you, Zach. That was like the carries in the booth with Chip and Skip and, and all that. But, uh, hey, listen, 3-1. What a night here. The game is over. Stripers win 3-1. We want to thank all our guests tonight for joining us. Aaron McCormick, the general manager of the Stripers. Mac Murphy, the groundskeeper. Dave Lazat, the radio broadcaster for the team. Kyle Kammerbake. The uh, social media guy, Chopper and his handler, and uh, Avery Kessler, Stadium Operations. And I'm going to say shout out his handler, Josh Stevens, who did a great job interpreting for Chopper. Harper, your thoughts on uh, what we did tonight? Well, from a business perspective, it seems like everything is running smoothly here at the stadium, and all the things that go into making a professional baseball game, all that goes into it has been well thought out, and the people are taking care of it in a way that... As Aaron said, we'd love to have you come back for another game. You know, so the, the, the atmosphere is just perfect for that. Mike, I want to thank you for putting this together. It started with Aaron coming into our studio and, and being a part of uh, Gwinnett Business Radio and being able to come out here and do this. I want to thank Dan for producing. Harper, I'm glad you were here. And this was a lot of fun and uh, something we've been wanting to do for a while. Yeah, it was cool to see all the business side of what goes on in a baseball game because I think most people come to a game, they're not thinking about everything that's going on behind the scenes. And I said this during Aaron's interview. I will just say this one line. If you are listening to this or anyone in the Gwinnett area, if it's been a while since you you've been to a Gwinnett Stripers game, when you came when they were the Braves, you need to come back because they are doing some really good upgrades and things that are just a lot more fun to be at the ballpark. Dan, great job producing for us tonight for the entire crew here, Harper and Steven. Amanda, we missed you. This is Mike Salmon. We'll see you next time here on Gwinnett Business Radio.